Heart takes, not hot takes. This is Everyone is Wrong, a counterintuitive pop culture podcast. I'm your host, Seth Sommerfeld. Thanks for listening. My guest today is a reserve for the Toon Squad, an ace girls basketball coach, and only uses the finest Acme products. He has taken the court to dunk on anyone disrespecting 1996's Michael Jordan slash Looney Tunes crossover movie, Space Jam. Everyone is wrong, but Nate Bearmore isn't. Thanks for coming on, Nate. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I get to yell about Space Jam. Yeah, and I, I'm catching you in the hottest Seattle day like ever. That's that's true. Uh, for the record, I am shirtless, and it's weird over Zoom, and that's left. Yeah, this is this is the first Zoom that I've done with a shirtless guest, and uh, <laughs> we're just gonna go with it. We're just gonna go honestly with it. on brand and honored to be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. The week that we're releasing this episode is the release that the new Space Jam movie, Space Jam A New Legacy, a.k.a. Space Jam 2, starring LeBron James, is coming out. So I felt it was appropriate to look back on the culturally significant, but not exactly lauded original Space Jam movie. So let's get into the background of Space Jam. Space Jam is a 1996 live-action and animation hybrid movie starring NBA Hall of Famer Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. Literally, they're the two names that come up in the opening credits. It's like Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny, Space Jam. The film is directed by a commercial director, Joe Pateka. It also features the whole cast of the Looney Tunes, Bill Murray, NBA stars Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bogues, Sean Bradley, and Larry Bird. And Wayne Knight as the only human who's basically not playing, quote unquote, himself in the cast. The film grew out of two 1992 Nike commercials co-starring Jordan and Bugs Bunny titled Hair Jordan and Aerospace Jordan. The plot of the movie centers around a group of animated aliens led by Swackhammer, voiced by Danny DeVito who sends his diminutive minions to enslave the Looney Tunes in a bid to revive their struggling interstellar theme park, Moron Mountain. Bugs Bunny tricks the aliens into believing the rules for capture is that the aliens have to beat them in some competition that the Looney Tunes get to choose. And because all the aliens are tiny, they choose basketball. The aliens then go to the NBA games and steal the powers of NBA stars Barkley, Ewing, LJ, Bogues, and Bradley, leaving the players uncoordinated shells of themselves and transforming the aliens into a team of Goliaths known as the Monstars. At the same time, playing off real-life events, Michael Jordan is struggling in minor league baseball after his first retirement from basketball. Desperate to not become slaves to the aliens, since Bugs is kind of the only decent basketball player among the Looney Tunes. They just picked the sport because of height. The Looney Tunes kidnap Michael Jordan so he can be their star player and coach, and are later joined by a new female tune, Lola Bunny, who is a better hooper than any of the existing Looney Tunes. Can the Toon Squad beat the Monstars? Well, you can probably guess, and that's essentially the plot of the movie, Space Jam. 
The film made $250 million at the box office worldwide against a budget of $90 million, making it a certified hit and the 10th highest grossing film of 1996. The soundtrack also peaked at number two on the Billboard charts and has gone six-time platinum, aka has sold over 6 million copies, and won a Grammy for Best Song Written for a Movie or Television for I Believe I Can Fly. So, Nate, what is your relationship with the movie Space Jam? When did you first see it? How did you get into it? All that jazz. I I think I saw it, I probably saw it when it was in theaters, is my guess. I don't have a, a distinct memory of that, mm-hmm. but I do have a distinct memory of seeing it on VHS all the time. Like, that was one of the movies in rotation at my house. And I remember it came, like, with a commemorative coin, Mm. And like, I remember being at my great aunt's house and just like really loving that coin and being like, that coin was everything to me. It was just so exciting. I was just so excited that like basketball, which my dad coached and coaches and like the biggest star of basketball was with Looney Tunes, which are just like wacky, zany weirdos. And that's like the exact overlap that I want and need in my life at all times. Right. And that love has persisted. I own, I own more Space Jam clothing than I do <laughs> like business attire, right? By an order of magnitude. <laughs> What's in your collection of Space Jam attire? I have two pairs of Space Jam underwear. Okay. I have a Tasmanian Devil Toon Squad jersey. Solid. Me and my sisters spent probably. 10 to 15 total man hours between the two of us searching to find the shirt that Bill Murray wears in the golfing scene Mm -hmm. for a Halloween costume slash I want it all the time in my life. (laughs) Um, Right. If it was not incredibly hot, I would be wearing all of these articles of clothing um, (laughs) to really put myself in the mood, but I'm not. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, so good like i rewatched it today to be extra ready for this i've probably seen it 25 is is a is a low number times and it yeah it just fully holds up it's spectacular yeah i i mean i definitely saw it when it came out and you know it's just like kid sports fan cartoon fan where it's just like oh this is hitting like my hitting my sweet spot and like I want merch for this and because like Bugs Bunny and Daffy are cool and like Michael Jordan's dunking and it was you know kind of before growing up in Montana it was like before I built like team allegiances to like hardly any theme so it was just like who's good that's who I'm gonna like cheer for so like I turned on Michael Jordan when I kind of became a Pacers fan in like 98 like 97 98 era and then i'm like ah oh, he wins all the time i want to see somebody else but at the time i was still 96 was still like peak like michael jordan's super cool i distinctly remember that i was a patrick ewing fan because mm-hmm. of the movie space jam like i didn't know anything about him i had no allegiance to new york whatsoever but i was like that guy was in space jam i really like him now like he's not even the funniest guy like he's, no <laughs> he's not a he's not he a fountain basically of no lines yeah no (laughs) but it was one of those things where i was like absolutely yeah this guy 
till I die. And then he was on the Sonics for like 20 seconds. And I was like, it's all coming together for Nate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Patrick, you, the glorious Patrick Ewing Sonics years that everybody chooses rightly to forget. So the critical reception of space jam space jam sits at 43% on rotten tomatoes. Surprisingly, it has a higher top critics rating at 48%. And it has a audience score that is fresh at 63%. And despite that audience score, the reason why I felt okay having this as an everyone is wrong topic is that I feel like the affinity for this movie is kind of largely baked into like kids with 90s nostalgia. Like a lot of people like Space Jam, like quote unquote like it, but probably wouldn't would say it's like not good or haven't revisited it at all. Yeah, they like the idea of Space Jam. Right. And they like where, they where can it was reference like, remember it and, Space yeah. Jam? Yeah, a lot of a, a lot of remember Space Jam. Right. And I judge this in part because both you and I went to a was it 20th yes. anniversary screening a few years back at an AMC up north uh in the Seattle area and it was a very it was like one screening and it was very not full even though it was like the like (laughs) seven o'clock screening and we run in circles that are like basically basketball slash comedy nerd people. Yes. And like, no, basically none of them wanted to go. They're like, no "No, traction, no traction whatsoever. (laughs) So yeah, even though it has a fresh audience score, it's not exactly held up as something that people are going back to. Here's a few things critics said at the time of space jam. On the negative end, Rita Kempley of the Washington Post started her review, Suffer and Succotash, that irreverent alpha tune Bugs Bunny has been reduced to a sock-sniffing cheerleader in Michael Jordan's ego-tripping Space Jam. And even though the wacky rabbit shares top billing with his airness, this overly commercial enterprise is almost as hairless as Jordan's bald head. Not very kind. A little mean. Bruce Westbrook of the Houston Chronicle wrote, In basketball terms, Space Jam is more akin to the garbage time that concludes lopsided games when reckless playing is no substitute for the real thing. And Ryan Gilby of The Independent opined, Space Jam is nothing if not a product made by men who gauge a film success by how many soft toys it spawns. A lot of a lot of the criticisms were kind of couched in the like this feels like it's just like a product to sell things vehicle. Oh yeah, that's the first thing I'm going to talk about. Okay, so that's going to be a point actually that you make in favor of it, but we will get to a couple more reviews first. Lisa Schwartzbaum of Entertainment Weekly gave the movie a D plus grade, saying. Enchanted by the brilliant special effects of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, spoiled by the genius of The Simpsons, nostalgic for the old-fashioned wise-guys-ness of Bugs, we turn to Space Jam and get hustled by faux subversiveness, by Degour pop culture references, even by the pleasant basketball stars themselves who, thanks to effective dramatic coaching in the selling of soft drinks, have become perfect humanoid action figures. This mediocrity disguised as entertainment, this greed promoted as synergy, this 
to paraphrase that seminal media study broadcast news is what the devil looks like. It's Tasmanian and it's coming to a multiplex near you. This is a B plus review. D plus D plus. Oh, D plus. I thought you said B plus. I was like, this, what, what else <laughs> no, is going no. on? Like, what? <laughs> That's fair. It's a fair. It's a fair catch. It's a fair catch. D plus. I need to enunciate my vowels. Um, but there were many who enjoyed this movie. Dwayne Berg of the Hollywood Reporter wrote: "Space Jam is a seamless marvel as Jordan slams and jams in the Looney Tune world." Animation co-directors Bruce Smith and Tony Servone have orchestrated a dazzlingly visual treat including some zippy fun courtesy of special effects maestro Ed Jones and his ace team. And both Siskel and Ebert gave it three and a half out of four stars with Ebert writing, It is difficult for an actor to work in movies that combine live action with animation because much of the time he cannot see the other characters in the scene with him. But Jordan has a natural ease and humor, an unforced charisma, that makes a good fit with the cartoon universe by not forcing himself by never seeming to try too hard to be funny or urgent. Jordan keeps a certain dignity. He never acts as if he thinks he's a cartoon too. And that's why he has good chemistry with the tunes. He is a visitor to Looney land, not a resident. So Nathan, why is everyone wrong about space jam? And I think we were setting up in that commercial aspect of it, how everybody, a lot of the criticisms are that this movie is too much a corporate product, but I think that dovetails or maybe ducktails into your first point. Yes. I love it. I love that transition. First off, what, like just one, if you think this is a cynical cash grab, wait for Space Jam 2. And, <laughs> and, and two, you cannot frame this as a either Michael Jordan or Bugs Bunny movie. This is a Daffy Duck movie. This is a Daffy Duck movie through and through. It is a cynical cash grab that like Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck's greatest nemesis has to go ask for help. That has never happened in the history of Bugs Bunny cartoons. Like Daffy Duck is always like being thwarted by Bugs Bunny and Bugs Bunny has to go grovel to a retired basketball player in order to get him to help. It also, I didn't remember this as much, but rewatching it today, this movie makes fun of Michael Jordan to no end. It like, it just tells him he sucks at baseball. It tells him that he's bald. Like it just, it rolls over Michael Jordan constantly. Michael Jordan gives a halftime speech and everyone falls asleep at the end of it. Like, Michael Jordan is not the hero of this. Bugs Bunny is not the hero of this. Daffy Duck is the person who like goes and hits the person to get the steal at the end of the game. Like Daffy Duck is the only time he's ever won in a a Looney Tunes cartoon. This is not a Bugs Bunny movie. This is not a Michael Jordan movie. This is a Daffy Duck movie. And if you view it through that lens, it it's just so good. Like, of course, a Daffy Duck movie is going to be a cynical cast rap where Wayne Knight lists all of Michael Jordan's endorsements in one sentence. Daffy Duck, in this movie, he crushes it. Like, he's he's on a catwalk showing off outfits. Yeah, he, he's he, doing, he, he's, he he's does doing a Dennis Rodman cosplay. Play. He yes, does, yes. He's basically Rodman in uh, this movie. He's, 
you know, doing impressions of the Monstars with his little like arms <laughs> yes, and squeezes he's... it up. He's, you know, the sarcastic, you know, second banana. But uh, yeah, yeah, as you stated, the dynamic is Bugs Bunny is never desperate in the cartoons as he is here. And Daffy's yes. always the desperate one. And it kind of turns the tables on that. Yes. And like Bugs Bunny is the one screaming to Michael Jordan, we need your help. And Daffy Duck is the person like clowning on Michael Jordan by sending him really high up in the air and slamming him back down the ground and looking in his his ear and seeing nothing but like cobwebs and and paper clips through the other side of Michael Jordan's brain. Like it's right. Daffy Duck's movie all the way. Like he crushes it 100% of the time. He's also nagging Jordan's inspirational speech. Like when he's yes. giving it, he's just like, yeah. Like, I will say it is so wild that Michael Jordan agreed to do so much of this movie. So much of this movie is like, Michael Jordan, you suck at baseball. Like, we're telling you the pitches that are coming, and you can't hit them. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> it's wild. It's wild that, like, Jordan allows himself to be dissed so much in this movie. Because a lot yes. of it's like, Michael Jordan sucks. And, like, <laughs> like that's the plot. <laughs> that's the plot of this movie, is Michael Jordan sucks, um, and it's just like, it's a, it's a fully Looney Tune movie, which is what I love about it is that like basketball just happens to be the thing that's happening while they're Looney tuning around. And Daffy Duck is the one really in charge of it. It's a Daffy Duck movie. Right. And also Daffy Duck is the one that like, he's the one that breaks the third wall all the time. Like he's like mentioning that he's Warner brothers property and like kissing yes. his own ass. And he is the one there's he a lot on the camera talking about 3d land like yeah <laughs> and him and bill murray are talking and they're like how did you get yes, here yes. he's like well my agent dropped me off <laughs> like it just it gets like weirdly meta whenever daffy duck is around yes daffy duck knows he's in this movie and everyone else is just like ha like hanging out him and bill murray are the only two who know and that's why like Oh. Yeah, and the, it's it's kind of funny because so much of this stuff happens in this movie, and like nobody reacts, and it seems like yes. da like Daffy's the one who's like, "Oh, I understand this is like a movie," because like there's alien spaceships like dropping off Michael Jordan and like flying over a baseball field and slamming through a thing, and then people are like, "How is all these NBA players doing it?" It's like. Is it like the main story that like UFOs are like just like yes. cartoon <laughs> UFOs are just like flying around in broad daylight and like nobody care? Everybody's so accepting of everything in this movie. Like Michael Jordan's like, I guess I'm in Looney Tune land. Like, I guess this is what happens. And it's never like there's no WTF moments in this where they're like, this is weird. This is overwhelming to me. Like even when Michael Jordan gets pulled down in a golf ball hole, it's just like. The other people, the Bill Murray and Larry Bird and oh my God. Stan are just like, huh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, a man just got pulled down in a golf ball hole and is not coming back. Well, we'll just go play the next hole. Like, oh, Bill Murray's line of, I'm going to give us both twos back there. We were in no emotional state to putt is just like... <laughs> they just watch their friend get dragged into a hole and that's what, like that's right it's such a good line i oh my god 
and Daffy's also kind of in the way that he's third wall referential. He's kind of the one that brings like this movie is, you know, it's something that the kids probably don't pick up on hardly at all, but it's sort of a shot set satirical shot at Disney, like more on mountains supposed to be like the yes. D- Disney evil Lord, you know, overlord. And they're just sucking up. Cause this is in the t- animation time in the nineties where it was like, if you're not making a Disney movie, you can't make animation and release it big because they've just like yeah, monopolized totally the whole industry. Yeah. And I think the bet, maybe my favorite Daffy Duck line in the movie is when they're talking about like, he's suggesting team names and he's like, what yes. if we call them the ducks? And then the line is like, what type of Mickey mouse organization would name their team? The ducks playing <laughs> off how, the actual yeah. Mickey Mouse organization, Disney, was the owner of the Anaheim Mighty Ducks because they made a movie called The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> but yeah, Daffy Daffy's hitting on all cylinders. This is it. Yeah, it's oh, he's crushing it at all times and it's just so ready. It's it's I, I think that's why I love it. Like I'm I'm the person who in in I I love I like Bugs Bunny. I love Daffy Duck. And that's why it like sings for me is that like it is a Daffy Duck movie. Mm-hmm. So moving on to your second point of defense of Space Jam. My second point is like Bill Murray in this movie, like the two MVPs of this movie are Daffy Duck and Bill Murray by a landslide. Like Bill Murray is in three scenes and fully steals the show. Like I think this is Bill Murray had like a a really really good career and I think he is universally beloved by our generation because of Space Jam. Like right no one I don't think necessarily people are going back to watch Stripes or Ghostbusters as much as when they saw like who's this weird guy in an umbrella hat at this golfing scene in space jam right for like young kids in the 90s this would probably be like their first bill murray introduction their first hit of bill murray unless they're unless their parents put them on probably ghostbusters because caddyshack's too old for you know little kids to be watching though i'm sure there are negligent parents out there letting that happen (laughs) just his introduction like you just hear his voice first and he's talking to his golf ball and I didn't write the monologue down, but I really want, like, I just, it's such a, he just t- is talking to this golf ball and it's Bill Murray firing on all cylinders. And you absolutely know there's not a single line in the movie that was written for him. Like he just showed up and just did it. This was an Ivan Reitman produced yes. movie. So he's, so it's Ivan Reitman, you know, has the Ghostbuster connections and is familiar with Bill and all his, you know, cadences and things like that. So it's an easy fit. It's not like, you know, out of left field and working with somebody completely different. And I would, I, I imagine Reitman probably made his way to set on the Bill Murray, on the, like the two Bill Murray days or whatever. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Bill Murray, just in this movie monologues to his golf ball for a good 30 seconds. And the last line is you are my friend. You are leaving. And just in like that perfect Bill Murray cadence and he swings and hits it. He then takes a bet that he cannot win after Larry Bird hits a great shot. He takes a bet he cannot win closest to the pin. He then talks to Michael Jordan about how this is after the uh, 
five NBA players have had their powers stolen from them. And Bill Murray at like 50 at least talks to Michael Jordan about how he might have a shot at the NBA. Unironically, <laughs> you get the classic exchange. Michael Jordan's like, I don't think you could play in the NBA. <laughs> he goes, well, it's because I'm white, isn't it? And he goes, well, Larry's white. And Bill Murray goes, Larry's not white. Larry's clear. Larry's clear. <laughs> yes. And it's <laughs> like all timer. Just. Yeah. And, and he's doing this all while wearing an umbrella hat. An umbrella hat, a uh, plaid shorts. And a shirt that has just old Scottish men in like little squares just standing in golf attire. It's perfection. It's so the Bill Murray in this movie, the way that I was thinking about it while I was rewatching it this last time, he's kind of like the Bill Murray that you hear of in like Bill Murray stories. That's exactly what I was thinking too, right? Where like he's, he's like, the, oh, he showed yes. up at my wedding and like paid for all the drinks and was like <laughs> yeah. the life of the party or he like just like showed up behind me and whispered like yes the no one what the no one will ever believe you it's like that it's the it's the it's the good balance of like yeah bill murray is gonna try to be an nba player like no one will ever believe you like <laughs> bill right. murray was there when michael jordan got sucked down a, <laughs> a golf hole no one will ever believe you like <laughs> i will say also bill murray has some basketball connections in that his son is a notable college basketball assistant coach. Yes. His son Luke has is now an assistant at UConn and he's also coached assistant coach at Louisville and Xavier. So like even though I think Bill Murray is normally associated with baseball just cuz he does so many like take me out to the ball games for the Cubs yeah. and stuff and like that. I think that. he owned a minor league team or something like that for a little yeah. while. Yeah, he's He's got some basketball DNA is all I'm saying. Yeah, he's got he's got bona fides. And just I like ju I just watched this movie and thinking about Bill Murray makes me laugh again. Like two seconds later. It's incredible. He shows up at the final for the last ten seconds of the final game, says he doesn't play defense. Wait, he first off he <laughs> fanfares himself on. He's like, but da da yes. da <laughs> yes. Like I'm the savior because they're out because they're out of players at this point. And he's like, here, here comes uh, da, 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 your basketball da. Jesus to save you. <laughs> but yeah, go go on. He play he plays ten seconds, claims he doesn't play defense at all, has the line never trust an earthling, which is incredible. <laughs> Trips one of the one of the monsters. Makes a pass to Michael Jordan. A behind-the-back pass. He does, yes, like, a, yes. he's dribbling on, like, a fast break and does, like, a behind-the-back pass. Like, and it's just, like, whoop, like, <laughs> doing that. After 10 seconds, doesn't go celebrate with Michael Jordan and the basketball team because he has to go ice his knees and, like, limps off the court icing his knees. <laughs> and then... Also claims, also says that he's retiring from basketball, undefeated and untied, and looks straight down the barrel of the camera. Like, <laughs> yes, he, him and Daffy are doing, are the third wall, again, as we said, are the yes. third wall people. They have a conversation about it. Also, in the huddle, he's like referring, like, is Bill Murray, but he's just being like Bill Murray-ish. He's like referring to them as like duck and rabbit. Instead yes. of like Daffy girl and bunny. Girl, girl. Yeah, girl bunny. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he, ma he makes an essential pass. He's a very yes. key. He gets to... the assist. He gets the assist. Yeah. He's not putting up a trillion. No, he's not. He's he's not. <laughs> he, he's not the Mark Titus of this movie. 
Yes. <laughs> and then at the end, as as Michael Jordan is like getting reintroduced in the like very cool Michael Jordan's back. Yeah. Remember how remember how cool those introductions were as well? Those yeah, like awesome. those 90s Bulls introductions yes. kind of thing. And also we should say like this is essentially like an origin story for like why Michael yes. Jordan returned yes. to the NBA. Like like it's essentially like it wasn't that he like he was bad at baseball, but essentially the reason why he came back is because of the Looney Tunes forcing him to kidnapping him yes. and forcing him to play against aliens. And that is why we got the second Bulls 3 Yeah, And without <laughs> it, we would have no last dance or any of that. Uh, John Stockton and Carl Malone would have a couple NBA titles. <laughs> no, the whole the whole thing. Actually, Reggie Miller would have a couple NBA titles. There you go. That's... As a Pacers fan of us, <laughs> that one's wearing for you. my that Pacers one's for you. shirt, I must not But at the end there, he turns to Larry Bird and says, that could have been me. And it's like, geez, 55. And then his voice cracks when he says, go Bulls. And it's the last line of the movie. And it's so good. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he could, he could have been a contender. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> He, his pitch to to like Michael Jordan as he's saying, you know, I could play as well. You could have someone perform at halftime as well. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the thing. So so in the golf scene, like uh, you mentioned it, but he basically he hits his shot and then is does the whole like, hey, you think like I could play in the NBA? And then he does it. Michael Jordan gets sucked down the golf hole after that, and then they go back and you the. I'm giving us twos on that line. So he's giving yes, the yes. <laughs> the birdies on them. And then he starts giving Larry Bird the same pitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With Mike gone, they're going to need to look outside for NBA talent. <laughs> just absolute, just like peak Bill Murray. Yeah. So basically your first two points are like, Instead of Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny, it should really be Daffy Duck, Bill Daffy Murray, Duck, Bill Space Murray. <laughs> Wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't hate it. Yeah. All right. So moving on to your third point. Point three, the basketball game at the end is so spectacular. This is this is a movie that is 127 minutes or an hour and 27 minutes long. And the credits are a while. So it this this movie moves very fast. And there is no extra fat to this movie, and it gets to the basketball game at like minute fifty six or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we're at this game right away. I had the exact same thing when I was watching it. I like <laughs> was like, wait, it's fifty minutes into the movie, and you're at like the end of the game. Yeah, and it's like it's, it's like, like a header. third of the movie the is left. Game tonight. It's, I was like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> There's not a there's not a ton of development of the characters really no, when you rewatch like, it. You already like, know Michael boom. Jordan. You already know the Looney Tunes. We're jumping in. Let's play a basketball. Like, this is plot, 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 plot. This is why you're here. This is what we're doing. And it's just like it, it's such a large cast of characters. And throughout, right, like as we're getting to the game, it does a pretty good job of like acknowledging all the bits that characters do. And then you get to the basketball game and it's just a greatest hits of Looney Tunes bits framed around basketball. Mm -hmm. And it's 
everything you could want. Like it, it maximizes the potential of that scene in a way that is so glorious. Like you have Pepe Le Pew being stinky and like we're holding up and we have gas masks on and that's how we get a turnover. We have, and he kisses, he kisses the ball into the basket. We have Elmer Fudd doing a Michael Jordan, like tongue out air or well, air logo, Jordan logo air yeah. Jordan, like Doug. Dunk. Awesome. Like people are shooting basketballs into the the hoop. Like we have a weird Pulp Fiction reference. Yeah, there's weirdly like a Pulp Fiction reference in the middle of this kids movie where is I think it's I think it's it's Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam. And they're just in like all of a sudden they're in like Samuel L. Jackson and yeah, Travolta. Travolta in like suits and they're just shooting out a monster's teeth, <laughs> teeth. <laughs> with like guns. It's very, the, the one note I would say in this point is there are so many flagrant fouls in this game. This it is, is the worst ridic- officiating like game 90s, in history. <laughs> 90s basketball, if you're into hoops heads, they're always like, the game wasn't as tough as it used to be because it's like, <laughs> oh, like Charles Oakley would just like lay out guys. But it's like the Looney Tunes are so much more, and Monstars are so much more violent in their game. Like they are, there's Wiley Coyote sets up, he blows up some of uh, them. Blows, blows up a <laughs> rim, like <laughs> fully blows it up. <laughs> the Monstars just go on like a spree where they're basically just like, we're going to injure every player in this game, which leads them to getting like, you know, needing Bill Murray at the end. But yeah. like literally it's to the point. Greenberg gets put in an acne iron uh, lung. Iron lung. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Tweety so Bird's good. in an iron lung. It's pretty it's so dark. Good. It's so good. The grandma is beat up. Like everything. It's so good. I love it so much because it has all those bits. And then like, so it's on a Looney Tune perspective, like technically perfect. And then from a basketball perspective, there are 1 million holes. Like, the scoreboard is rarely correct. <laughs> rarely. Like, <laughs> like if you click around at all, like it one, it'll flash like, oh, there's 10 seconds left and they're down two. And then like one second later, you'll see the scoreboard and they're down 10. Like yeah. it's, it's all over the place. There have been people, you can look up online. There's people who have tried to like compile versions of like what the box score of this game is. <laughs> and it's always like just craziness. The monsters don't miss. They don't miss at all. <laughs> they, they we never see them missing. Right. And yeah, Jordan has an insane usage rate in this game. <laughs> uh, makes like Russell Westbrook look like a you know, very willing passer. <laughs> but there's oh man. There's uh like Swackhammer, the coach of the Monstars, like the the Toon Squad goes on like a 62 to 0 run before he calls a timeout. Like just <laughs> it's just not shit like that where you're like At one point the scoreboard just reads like it's kind of lopsided, isn't <laughs> yes, it? It's pretty one-sided, isn't it? Like it's it's just all the greatest hits of Looney Tune bits. Foghorn Leghorn gets roasted like yeah. a chicken. Chicken roasted. It's yes. And when he's then they show the all the injured players on the bench, he's literally just on a platter as like Yes. They don't show him. <laughs> it's just like a roasted chicken. And it's like, oh, that's Foghorn. Okay. Yeah. And then also the climax of the movie, they don't tell Michael Jordan until the very end that like, oh, you can do tune stuff now. Cause yes. you're in tune land. Yes. And he's like <laughs> Wow, thanks. Like, couldn't have told me that earlier. 
I'm out here just playing like normal basketball and whooping he, everybody. He did get put in, he did get folded into a basketball and dunked earlier. Yeah, so you like would've, you would have thought he would have got uh, yeah. the fact that like, oh, maybe the rules of physics don't exactly <laughs> work the same quite way. The here. Same. <laughs> that moment is such there's a couple moments of the special effects that are so like the animation stuff is all looks really good. And then it's so early in like computer animation that there's a very yeah. uncanny valley aspect to when like Wayne Knight gets inflated or when Michael Jordan gets yes. like stuffed into a basketball. Though I do think the there are two moments. Uh, I'll mention the other one later. But the Mike putting Michael Jordan into a basketball and dunking him by the Monstars is an all time. And I took that personally, Michael Jordan moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not even that though. It's when they call him Baldy. So he's like, "Oh, I just got dunked. I guess that's fine." And then they're like, "You're all washed up, Baldy." And he goes, "Baldy," <laughs> like so indignant on the fact that he's very clearly bald. Like, yeah, it's like, dude, you definitely shave your head. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> what, are, what are we talking about here? The the other moment of that, the really the moment that actually really all those three championships at the end of the Bulls run can be blamed on Sean Bradley. Because when they're oh, yes. in the game yes. at the very yes. end, yes. basically Jordan gets all the powers back, goes to the players who had it stolen, and was like, okay, touch the ball, you'll have your powers back. And they're like, hey, there's five of us, why, why don't you join for a three-on-three? Three? And everybody's like joking around like, oh. And then Sean Bradley, of all people, says, he probably doesn't even have it anymore. <laughs> and Michael Jordan's like... And I took that person. Sean, Sean <laughs> like, Bradley Sean, saying that to me. Sean Bradley says what, I'm what, trash. What, they, what, what powers did they steal from you, Sean? Tall? <laughs> Tall. That is really, also, that is the power that they stole from Sean if, Bradley. If you look at the box score that they have online, Sean Bradley is the only Monstar who did not score. <laughs> <laughs> the blue one, the Sean Bradley one, did not score a point. <laughs> and I also, yeah, he, it's, it's, it's very interesting looking back, especially the, players that they selected but we could kind of get into that a little bit later yeah the game is it's a lot of fun michael jordan stretches his arm very long to throw it in he doesn't dunk it to win he no it's a toss no no, no no but is hanging on the rim afterwards yeah so hopefully you did get a t afterwards and uh... <laughs> that'll be the only time <laughs> marvin the martian blows his whistle is to give him a a game losing technical foul. <laughs> we, we should mention that too, since you brought it up. Marvin the Martian is the official for this game, which is maybe the best joke in this entire movie. Yes. That Marvin Mar the Martian, who is the one person who could be unbiased between aliens <laughs> and Looney Tunes, is the official for this basketball game. He also calls Michael Jordan Sir Altitude, which I like. I, li I just love. I just love your airness as well. Like. <laughs> He just has such a uh, God. This movie's so good. Why do people not like it? <laughs> Moving on to your fourth point of defense uh, for this movie, which is one that just sings, so to speak. It's this soundtrack is the best soundtrack of all time. The Space Jam theme by Quad City DJs is. I like it is 1000 degrees in Seattle and I watched this earlier today and I was like up and dancing like sweating precious water out of my body and I could not stop myself. Yeah, you were dancing full like fly girl like yes. to yes. keep yes. up the 90s. 
It's it's a banger. The, this is the soundtrack is basically like a version of Jock Jams that is just like turned oh, up. And it's it has so much weird stuff to it. Like we all agree, R. Kelly, bad person, bad person, he writes, terrible person, bad person, terrible person. He writes really good, uplifting songs for soundtracks. Like yeah, world's so, greatest and I believe I can fly. Yeah. are both really effing good the movie starts yeah yes we don't like r kelly he's a bad rapist man yes um but i believe i can fly is what starts out this movie and it's you know with young michael jordan shooting and it's just like this kind of like uplifting you can do it sequence and then it goes like basically straight into the space jam it's a hard smash cut hard smash cut (laughs) To the Space Jam theme, which also like operates as basically a three minute version of the Last Dance. Yes, totally. It's like here's Michael Jordan's whole career in like three minutes, just a bunch of like highlights and like all this stuff to the tune of the Space Jam with the credits coming over, and yeah, it just like takes you from kind of this sweet opening to like this raucous like energy in yeah. the snap of a finger it just gets you amped for it. Right. Also on this fly like an Eagle, the seal version. Yeah. Which I'm sure there's a nostalgia base. I like the seal version more <laughs> seal does seal also does his best work on soundtracks. Yeah. It's very, it's <laughs> picking the seal version is very like, tell me it. You're a nineties kid without telling me you're an Absol- exactly. <laughs> But also, it's like a really good version, so it's not. Yes, it's, it's not, not. It's not like that much heresy, <laughs> right? And they've also got when the NBA players get their powers drained, you get the basketball Jones. Oh my god, sequence. basketball Jones! Yeah, you you want the version that's in the movie, not the one with on the soundtrack, which has Chris Rock just like vamping <laughs> all over the place in like a high falsetto. <laughs> it's, it's odd. It's odd. It's odd. It's so weird. It's so weird. But basketball jump, like, just Barry White in a smooth, just like singing about basketball. I was like, Sign oh my, wow, wowie, wowie. Oh man, just the like magic. This is how much clout like Michael Jordan had in the '90s. Was someone asked, "Be real, Busta Rhymes, Coolio, LL Cool J, and Method Man, if they all wanted to be on a song at the same time that was about aliens?" <laughs> and they all said yes. Like that's the who's who of mid '90s rap. Like that's I don't I don't. <laughs> and that's not even like a song that's like used. It's just no. Like it's like a soundtrack. it's like eight. It's like eight seconds. As they in as the monsters are introduced, and then you go listen to it on the soundtrack, and it's like everyone's like really trying. Like <laughs> this is good. Yeah, th- this is a if you wandered into an open gym shooting in oh my between God. like ninety six and like ninety nine, the odds of it was like fifty fifty that this was on the like CD player in the corner while people were yes. like taking jumpers. You have Coolio pulling double duty. He's got the winner, which is just like so Coolio and so uplifting. It's it's also incredible. You have D'Angelo with Found My Smile Again. Like this is packed full of the the greatest music that you could put in a movie. 
There's what else is there? Oh, there's Buggin', which is a rap by Bugs Bunny, which was written by Jay Z. That's a true fact, and it's horrendous. It's the only blight. It's the only blight on the everything is everything else. Like you have, that's the way I like it by Marquis and Spin Doctors. You have what else? Do you have you have uh, given you all that I got, which is just like a banger. Like so good, such good pop. There's, it's just up, like up and down, hit after hit after hit, and then the last track is bugging. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it is, and it is bugging. It is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it it ruined the potential for the uh, crossover Jay Z Bugs Buddy movie. <laughs> it was before before the time that that would have happened, but that kind of put the kibosh on it forever. There's also it's not on the soundtrack, but as they're like being introduced, as the, as we're getting to the ultimate game, there's just the beat for Technotronics pump up the jam in yeah. the background as well, which is just an all time beat. Like that's how. I have a job where I have to like fix AV things. And that's just how I test audio is I just turn on something I know everyone will love, which is Technotronics pump up the jam. <laughs> and if it's coming through your speakers, no one's sad about it. And it means things are working. <laughs> it's a wonderful, wonderful way to look at it. So, yeah, I mean, again, this soundtrack was just very it went six omnipresent. Times yeah, it was, it, was, <laughs> it was omnipresent and it wasn't a lot of the like soundtracks that, you know, from the from this era where it's like, oh, there's big soundtracks all the time. Like you mentioned Seal, like for the Kiss from Rose, it's like it's that's the that, that's right. so great. That's that's a banger of a song, but it's not like there's like four other ones on like nobody's like, Oh, remember those three other songs from Batman yes, and Robin Batman, or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> Whichever one of those it was. But this one, it was like, oh, people will definitely know at least I believe I could fly and the Space Jam theme. I believe I can fly Space Jam. I feel like people I feel Basketball like people, Jones. Basketball Jones and this version of Fly Like an Eagle. I mean, I, yes. I think a lot of especially, you know, as culture thing, I don't think a ton of people are like rolling with Steve Miller band. You yes. know, who are, again, tell me you're a 90s kid. I don't know who Steve Miller band is. Oh, they have right. that song yeah. that has has the Joker song? Okay, sure. And why did and why did they cover that seal song? <laughs> That's weird. They covered it before it came out. All right. So leading into your fifth and final point in defense of the movie Space Jam. The way that the movie deals with the NBA players that they steal powers from, they just treat it like again, they just treat it like a Looney Tunes movie. And it just brings me so much joy to like slapstick physical comedy that happens with these titans of athleticism where they're like walking through a hall and they're too tall and they bonk their forehead and all fall back like cartoonishly back at the all at the same time for people who haven't seen it maybe it's not a huge amount compared to some of the other movies that i've done go watch it right now go watch it right now but like basically (laughs) the monsters go and like turn into slime and like go through like the nostrils of the players and then suddenly they jerk and they've lost all their ability and they just become uncoordinated. Like it's just uncoordinated doofuses. It's awesome. (laughs) Just the way that they walk after they get their power stolen, they're all just like stilted and jerky in a way that is just 
so visually appealing to me. Like, Patrick Ewing gets an and one, and then he gets his power stolen, so he has to go shoot a free throw and, like, can't high-five Charles Oakley, and, like, the ball just, like, clomps off his chest, and he doesn't catch it, and then he shoots it... He shoots it so high, it hits a popcorn guy in the in the head, and he falls back, and all his popcorn flies up. And I'm just like, this is incredible. Yeah, this is so good. the The one thing that makes it a little less like crazy now is this is basically just a combination of how Ben Simmons and Giannis actually shoot free throws. Yes, that's true. <laughs> it's like, oh wait, he just turned into like Ben Simmons at the free throw line, where he's just <laughs> throwing it wherever and uh it, it's like infinity tiny bits is what i love about it like it's larry johnson can't pour water into his own mouth right it's essentially it's the c story of the movie because it's basically like yeah it starts out really because michael jordan's really the b story of this movie like the a story is the totally. Looney Tunes, but it starts out in the b story with michael jordan that it like sets up the a story and then once Michael Jordan are and the Looney Tunes are united, it becomes the B story. And it's just like following all the like comic bits of like following all these players when they uh, have like lost their way and no longer have powers. And it's like, what do I do with my life kind of thing? And it's, you know, like Charles Barkley wanders by a girls basketball, like oh street God, game so good. and just like gets schooled by them. And then they're like, you're just like a weird dude who like looks like Charles you're, Barkley. Why you're are you Charles hanging Barkley? out with us? You're just a wannabe who looks like him. It's Be like, gone, wannabe. Yeah, why are you Be an gone. adult man playing with teen girls if you're not <laughs> you're not actual Charles Barkley? And uh. it is kind of funny because like Charles is like apart from them for most of it. So clearly like Charles was either yes. like, I'm not doing this or like <laughs> by schedule or something. But it's, it's mainly like a core comedy four of LJ Bogues, Bradley and Ewing just like going around and like trying to get therapy, psychotherapy. Yes. Oh, and... psychotherapy from a person who's just, just is Freud. Like just looks exactly like Sigmund Freud in a way that is just so, so Looney Tunes esque where they're just like, we need a person who looks exactly like Sigmund Freud. And that's the bit like, they cut from like Sean Bradley talking about how he could be a missionary in the jungle again. He's on the couch and he's so long and tall to immediate smash cut to Muggsy Bogues, who's just like in the middle of the couch, like not using up the whole space of the couch, talking about how he disrespects his mom. And it's like, but he doesn't disrespect his mom. And it's just so good. Yeah, I think a lot of it, it's come like the, as I said, the director is kind of like a commercial director and it's very like some of these scenes are directed as if they were like commercials and like yes. that rubs people the wrong way. But it is those <laughs> things of those like quick jokes where it's like tall man on the couch, short man on the couch, short man on the couch. <laughs> and also it's weird how basically then there's like a sub storyline off of that where like the NBA is basically in like quarantine yes. it's basically yes. like the rudy gobert moment is the monsters and then they're like <laughs> we have to shut down this league it is not safe and like none of the players are coming on it's weird that they go to the lakers first because there's like some parallels on like how people like legitimately treated magic when he came back after like yeah yeah that's a, that's i was a... like wait maybe lakers isn't the team to go to like for the first example of this that's one how you know it was not written by basketball people. Is <laughs> they they were like, yeah, we'll go to the Lakers. That's the most popular one, right? It's like, <laughs> and they're like, oh, 
No. Oh. <laughs> like, ee, uh. Another, just, it's just a, like, quick scene, but it, like, resets and reframes the movie as being totally insane, is they go to a medium <laughs> who's, like, has tarot cards in front of her, and they're all holding hands except for Charles Barkley. He's not there. He couldn't make it that day. <laughs> um, and she just describes the plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And is like, I see Bugs Bunny needing to beat aliens in a basketball game but then they got bigger and then they went and got michael jordan and they're all just like this lady's crazy this is impossible right <laughs> let's go try acupuncture also <laughs> like again i want to state this comes after like a huge spaceship animated spaceship yes flew oh. over a minor league baseball <laughs> team like slammed into like the ground of a because Looney, Looney Tunes Land is essentially like un, like hell, I guess. Like it's where <laughs> yeah. people like where people, the mole, where the where people <laughs> think hell is is actually Looney Tunes Land, and so it slams into the ground of this like parking lot, leaving this huge hole, and Michael Jordan disappears through a golf ball hole, and then they're like animated things and michael mm. jordan i mean he's dis <laughs> he's been disappeared for like a day or whatever i guess it all takes the timeline it's very compressed it seems it's like so compressed because so it seems like it only takes place in like a day for michael jordan but for all these other guys it seems like it's weeks. It's like three weeks yeah because <laughs> <laughs> michael jordan because stan who's wayne knight's character is like the assistant at the minor league baseball team so he's like you got game the next day you, you have to go back and so it's in theory like only two days like michael jordan's only gone two days but everything else is definitely not two days yeah all the nba players are like weeks of testing like <laughs> either that or it's just like the most crass course intensive of like all right we're going to do a bunch of a battery of tests. We're going to send you to a medium. you got to talk to Freud. Like they just either, they just give up on everything so quick. Otherwise. Like, right. And also the Monstars have to like, cause they steal Barkley and Ewing's power in the same game, but then they have to go to other games to do yes. that. And then somehow <laughs> all the basketball players are back together within. They're all all four of those guys somehow are all together, even though they were would have been playing in different cities. So if it is one day, yeah. they would have had to like immediately board a flight and like get tested and go to a medium and all this like in one day. It's awesome. <laughs> it's nonsensical, but it's it's very very silly. Yeah, those are my five. Okay, if you don't think Space Jam rules after this, you're dead to me. <laughs> all right. So before we get out of here. Just a drunk drawer segment for any other Space Jam thoughts that don't really fit into your points. Um, I have a few. Yeah. Just a qu quick rapid fire ones. First off, I like that definitely in the opening scene, Michael Jordan, young Michael Jordan definitely travels when he's going in for a dunk. Oh, so bad. <laughs> which yeah. is just like, especially like in 1996, like that was just like the main basketball criticism is like traveling kind nice. of just like went away from the NBA. So that's fun. I do think that it is. Oh, the most nineties thing in this entire movie is when they're on Moron mountain for the first time. And they're like basically establishing this theme park is kind of shitty. And 
we need new attractions. It's like this ride with spaceships and they shoot it and they go flying off. And it's the, the most 90s thing is it's an alien dad and his alien kid. And the alien kid is like a one-eyed alien kid with like a backwards hat. Backwards hat. And just being like... Don't bring me here anymore, right? It's just like this caricature of like a Bart Simpson type character. <laughs> Absolutely. That is just like so... So... Per- like it's... That era crystallized is just that like drawing of that character being snotty with a backwards hat. I don't know if I, I think I talked about a lot of the kind of, I, I snuck a, a lot of my drunk drawer into, into what I was talking about, but I just like, just quotes that I say all the time. Yeah. Go is, for it. Uh, me and my, me and my sister do, don't bring me here anymore. Right. A lot. Anytime like something's going wrong, just don't bring me here anymore. Right. Um, we do that so much. Anytime somebody does something wrong and I want them to know that it's okay. I say that was a strikeout, Mike. That was a good-looking strikeout. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's the first seed is basically when they're just buttering up and establishing Michael Jordan is like a bad baseball player. Yes, that like everybody's just like giving him a standing ovation when he's like striking he out, out. Yeah. and like the catcher feeding him signs and just yeah, it's and they have like Jim Rome coming on and trash talking him. Yes. And, yeah, again, it's crazy how much like compared to like a, a lot of the very sensitive NBA stars of now. It's amazing how yes, much it would be like so impossible. I very much do not expect LeBron James in Space Jam two to be get make fun of himself as much as Jordan makes fun of allows himself to be made fun of here. I want. I have one more junk drawer thing that I just remembered. Yes. Um, and then I, if like this could be non podcast related, I just want to talk about Space Jam two for like a little bit. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we can launch into it. But <laughs> okay, get, get your junk drawer, then we'll. Yeah. Uh... So one of my favorite bits is when his son comes home. His son comes home from a baseball. His son plays baseball as well after Michael Jordan's baseball game. His son comes home and he's like gets out of the van. And is so depressed. And Mike's like, what's wrong? And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. And he talked to his mom. Mike's wife is like, oh, he's sad because he went two for five today and lost 36 points off of his batting average. So now he's only batting like 637. Yeah. He's only like, <laughs> like super awesome still. He's only like the best baseball player child to ever exist. He only bat 400 today and it's hit. And it's like, morbidly depressed <laughs> yeah also like what i mean maybe if you're in the jordan family you do this what kind of like parent is like he lost like 32 points off his average <laughs> in like because well, he's too, like because yeah. he's like this isn't like he's not even like 12 it's like he's like <laughs> yeah, nine he's, or ten or something yeah. like that it's just like oh you should not be keeping any statistics you should just be like yeah you got two hits ed like that's as much statistics <laughs> as you should keep at that level of like childhood sports. That team is rolling the other team. If you get five at bats in a, in a, in a <laughs> child's game, they go like five innings. <laughs> yeah. So a couple more things before we hop into a quick uh, Space Jam 2 discussion. Okay. So first off, I want to just point out the tiny monsters are actually nice. It's, oh, I love them so they're much. They're just like adorable little nice guys, and they're just basically getting bullied around. And I just don't want the Monstars to get a bad rap because they're no. adorable, tiny little Looney Tunes. 
this movie is both obviously anti-slavery. It's also also anti-zoo. Yes, basically. It, yes, like a, I think that's where I, I have like a little anti-zoo sensibility in my life, and I think this is where like <laughs> yeah, it's basically how like, formative want... this movie is for me. Yeah. Rewatching it, I was like, oh man, I'm mostly just Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, you don't want the kids, uh, kids coming putting Looney Tunes in the zoo because they're basically all animals. It'd be a little bit weird with <laughs> yeah. Elmer Fudd yes. and like Yosemite Sam, but it's mostly just like caging up animals. The one thing that I would just love to see explored deeply is so when the monsters come, they're basically like the Looney Tunes have to hold a town meeting and it's when Michael Jordan is watching like TV with his kids and Jim Rome's on trash talking him. Yeah, he flips over. He flips over to Looney Tunes. And so he's like, oh, that's better. And so the kids are watching Looney Tunes and it's a Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner short. And they're in the middle of it. And then Porky Pig comes running on and being like, no, guys, we have to go to like a meeting. Yes. Which implies that Looney Tunes are basically like plays. Yes. Yes. That they're having that they every time it's just a new they're doing it live and they're doing a play and going through the exact same beats, which is kind of funny because that's also what like the Looney Tunes rebel against. They're like. Oh, we have we yeah, would same, be sent away and have to do have to do the same jokes over and over again. I had I just remembered another one. It, this this kind of fell into my Daffy Duck point of like kind of breaking the fourth wall of of all the nonsense in it. The footage that they use to show what basketball is <laughs> yeah. is the worst basketball that's ever been played in history. Like it it's is like a newsreel from like it's a newsreel from like 1950. Yeah, but it's and, only and, like pasty white guys playing horribly, and and just like doing the rules wrong, <laughs> and just like the only shot that goes in is basically like a half court shot that gets banked in, and everything else is full blown air balls and stuff like that. Another thing, when they steal Charles Barkley's powers. He's like walking up the court and Danny Ainge is like, come back and play defense, come back and play defense. And then they go back on offense and Barkley's just like standing there waving his arms. Danny Ainge has like an alley-oop elbow jumper with eight seconds left on the shot clock and he clangs it. And it's just like the funniest thing I've ever seen because if someone did that in an NBA game, it would be like uh, Charles Barkley loses his ability to play basketball and so does Danny Ainge like what are you doing dude <laughs> yeah I, one of my notes was like oh no Danny Ainge is the best player on the Suns now <laughs> this is this is horrible for Phoenix fans hold out guys DeAndre Aiden and Chris Paul and Devin Booker are on their way another thing I mentioned is so the there's the parallel where it's like kind of the mod stars and that whole thing is disney i also think there's a little bit of jerry kraus in uh, oh yeah oh yeah that's for, just is Swackhammer. It is Swackhammer. all jerry kraus like it's <laughs> like this kind of tubby guy who's bossing michael jordan around and like trying yeah. to tell him like when to play and wants to enslave him <laughs> very jerry kraus uh this movie has lessons on placebos for children Yes, placebos, placebo. also steroids, performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> it's always good. I think feminism, feminism. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to that in one sec. First, I wanna, I wanna also say that I think Taz, 
uh, really paved the way for Andrew Bogut and the St. Mary's basketball. <laughs> entire St. Mary's basketball. Yeah, program. the entire Oceanic uh, basketball has a lot to. to uh, we would have a lot Simmons, to pass. We would not have Ben Simmons airballing free throws in playoff games if it were not for Taz. <laughs> but yeah, I think the final thing before we get to Space Jam Two. I think we need to have a, a small discussion on Lola Buddy because yeah, there's there's a lot of discussion in this movie about Lola Buddy. She's like the new Looney Tune. She's the character that's introduced, and everybody else yeah. is the classic one. Where does she come from exactly? Like she exists in the Looney Tune universe, but like nobody's seen her before. Like just new in town, just, just new right, in town. Like, I like to think that there's there's like are there like other, other Looney, Tune Looney Tune towns? towns. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I don't. I, that that is a thing that I enjoy thinking could happen. Yeah, and also, so she's become sort of like an icon of this movie, but she's also in this movie so little. Yeah, like she's in the movie for probably like one minute before the big game starts, and then maybe like seven minutes total. She has like one scene, and you know they the. Disturbing thing is a lot of people are really attached to Lola Bunny. She's basically like the proto harbinger of furry culture. Yes. People are horny for Lola Bunny. It is it is a very troubling thing. It much like bugs, that's all bugs like there's there's just a full blown erection joke where bugs There are get multiple stiff. erection jokes in yeah. this movie. Full blown stiff as a board after she like totally mixes him and ties him up she like blows her hair or ears over her. yeah yeah she like there's she a does like lot. a hair flip but it's her ears and he's yeah. like he does one of i mean it's an old cartoony thing where it's just like there's doing, a full boy yo yoing boy yoing also there's another there's another <laughs> erectile dysfunction joke in this movie because when patrick ewing oh, is yeah. on the couch with the therapist there he's like do you have any like performance problems in any other areas? And he's like, "Hey, what? Like, <laughs> hey, man, no, <laughs> back off." So I think that I think that kind of leads into talking a little bit about Space Jam too, because one of the things that people were normal adult people were disturbingly upset about is that like apparently this new version of Lola Bunny isn't as like curvaceous, which. You, why? Why is that a problem for you? Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. If you were attracted to the Lola Bunny who was in Space Jam 1 and are not attracted to the Lola Bunny in Space Jam 2, you're a coward. <laughs> <laughs> you're a coward. <laughs> like, ride or die. Ride or die. Yeah, you stick with you, your girl. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you... <laughs> You horny weirdos, you you're in for a penny and for a pound. <laughs> yeah, also uh, speaking of the we- some of the weird things, the apparently the new Space Jam movie doesn't have Pepe Le Pew because he's like a weird, you know, in cartoon like, terms, he's basically like a guy who just positions cats in like and grabs them and feels them so, when they don't yeah, want to. Yeah, he's a full-blown like bad man date rapist like yeah that, totally <laughs> there's multiple looney tunes where he tries to like spray pheromones on them so that they'll right him. <laughs> yes he is he's not a good dude but also in basketball terms chauncey billups just got an nba job jason right, Kidd just got an nba job yeah it doesn't seem to be a heart it doesn't seem to be a stopper for like the actual nba 
and they have done much less than Pepe Le Pew. I'm Honestly, glad that I'm glad that Space Jam is drawing a line. I just wish the NBA I had agree. a line that was half as far as Space Jam. People should Jam take too. more lessons from Space Jam. I've said this. I've been <laughs> saying this. People should take more lessons from Space Jam. Yes, use it to lead your life. Get rid of your get rid of your bad people. Yeah, I will. Easy. I will cede the floor to you for some Space Jam two thoughts. We have not seen this movie, obviously. It has not come out We have not yet. seen this movie. It has not come but out yet. we have seen trailers, and we have, we seen, have seen things trailers. like that. Uh, this movie is going to suck so bad. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is going to be full-blown horrendous for so many reasons. This movie is essentially going to be for you what a lot of people think Space Jam Space 1 Space Jam is. 1 is, re- yeah, is really, like, yeah, cynical crash, cash grab, like, too much going on. When, first off, I don't even know how to, like, process the line, what in the Matrix hell, from LeBron James as he looks at, like, this orb of digital space. Like, there's, I'm worried. Yeah, we should say that, like, it looks like essentially what Space Jam 2 is, is, like, Space Jam with, like, the basketball star as LeBron James and then the Looney Tunes and then plus times like the internet and Warner brothers properties. So it looks like, it looks like ready player one, but space jam. Yes. Which, but ready player one, the movie, which is far worse than the book. I know a lot of people don't like the book, but I I enjoy (laughs) the book and the movie is not it. Yes. I, I agree with all of the things that you just said. It just looks like it, it, first there's so there's so millions of problems with it that are all running through my brain and my thoughts are slightly jumbled. First, just the stakes of it, like the stakes for Michael Jordan at the beginning, or in, in Space Jam One, are just that he wants to help out the Looney Tunes, right? And then like with, I don't know, like two minutes to go in the game. He decides to make it personal because he's a gambling addict and wants his friends to get their powers back. Like he can't stop himself. And like LeBron James's child is kidnapped. So automatically we just have a wildly different stakes of what the big game is about. Like (laughs) the fact that he's like, there's all these extra things that we decided to bring it into like 3d. Ugh is a mess like there's so many there's a clip online i don't i've only seen it in one spot there's like a clip online of porky pig rapping and i'm so worried the fact that like dame lillard is one of the people who's like they're the goon squad i think this time means that he will be rapping as well like there's going to be a rap battle in this movie, and I hate it. And we established last time Jay-Z couldn't save the Looney yeah, Tunes Jay-Z rapping. Yeah, Jay-Z could not save it. Like, Looney Tunes are not a rapping people. They're just not. Like, And that's okay. Everything's not for everybody. And I think that's the biggest problem is that it's going to try to make everything for everybody. Like, the old – like, Space Jam 1 is like, hey, Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny – if you like those two things, you're going to like this movie. And that's the end of the list. This is like, hey, remember every single Warner Brothers property? If you like any of those, you'll love this, which means we're like writing to the lowest of the lowest of the lowest common denominator. 
Yeah. In a way that's like, there's not anything like Bill Murray's not showing up and like breaking the fourth wall with us today. Like it's all going to be like, Oh no, he didn't like just that. Right. And also like the absurdity just in the trailer, there's so many characters in like the Warner brothers thing where you're like, wait, why is this character in a kid's movie? Like they're just like background stuff, but it's just like, I think like the, a clockwork orange characters are in there. Oh yes, I saw that as well. <laughs> it's just like, wait, hold up. We took out Pepe Le Pew because <laughs> he like those guys. He like, again, not. I'm I'm not defending Pepe Le Pew. I'm just <laughs> comparing Pepe Le Pew to. Oh, Sass gonna get canceled. I'm gonna get canceled episode. because I'm like Pepe Le Pew isn't as bad as like the droogs <laughs> in the clockwork orange who are like brutally gang raping people. Yeah, like, <laughs> and they should be in a kids movie like Space Jam too. It's got. I'm just. I'll watch it and I'll watch it. Oh and yeah, like, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna watch it the day it comes out. Like I might wait up until midnight. I don't know. I haven't planned it out yet. But it's gonna be a big to do. Like I'll make a big dinner for it <laughs> and like sit down and watch it and like get a special beer to drink while I like. It's gonna be an event for me. And then I'll just be horribly sad. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be more like I don't know if you've seen this Uncle Drew. I have seen Uncle Drew and the oof. Uncle Drew, it's gonna be I, I'm afraid that it's gonna be more like Uncle Drew because I like I did a, a, a to do with some friends where it's like, hey, we're gonna rent Uncle Drew and we're gonna make fun of it and it'll be awesome. But there's just so much money that went into Uncle Drew that it's like crisply made it's just horrendous yeah it's it's one of those things uncle drew is the movie another movie based on a commercial series yes with uh, it seems to be the only way that basketball players can star in movies unless they are (laughs) Shaq, i guess and it is like kyrie irving and a bunch of nba players in like old man makeup playing basketball and it is so profoundly like unfunny that yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to describe. It's, you know, it's, there's lots of those movies that are like so bad that they're good. And, you yes. know, kind of those. Uncle Drew does not work on that level at all. It's at not all. like you can't mystery science theater it. No, because it and is that's, just that was like the plan for unfunny. that night. And it was, yeah, it's just like there's no mirth to it whatsoever. No. In any way, shape or form. And that's what I think this is going to end up being is just like everybody going through the actions of what they need to do and like check all the boxes of like what the parent company wants and needs. Yeah. And I don't, and I, and again, like I don't think LeBron's going to have as much fun where it's like, no. just knowing his personality, he, he's not going to like let people like make fun of his yes. hairline or. Yeah. He's such a better actor than Michael Jordan in so many ways. And I think that's going to be hindered. He's going to like want story credit on it. And I feel like Michael Jordan just showed up and was like, rolling out of bed and it was like what are my lines where do you want me to stand right like, like that was the ebert quote that i had go. at the beginning where it was like he kind of just is so laid back that it kind of works yes. with the looney tunes because he's not trying to be zany at all like he's barely trying to be funny in this movie yes like he's and, the, and he's the straight man essentially but he's not like looking and being like this is crazy am i right he's just like this is like i accept like, in the go. world yeah it's like yeah like okay, yeah i gotta say the the <laughs> yeah so we will we will see we will see how oh 
the Space Jam <laughs> 2 turns out. We are not overly optimistic, but we will watch it because we're not that intelligent. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming on, Nate. Is there anything you want to plug or anything on the way out? I don't have anything to plug. Any other movies you suggest people watch or... Uh, oh... Beloved childhood have? tokens that actually hold up. <laughs> oh, uh, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Okay. Go rewatch rookie of the year. It holds up so good. Like, it does absolutely everything you want that movie to do. Go watch rookie of the year. I will. If people did not like rookie of the year, I am. Uh, I'm gonna be, do another episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh... <laughs> Well, thanks again for coming on. Um, I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. This I was totally lovely. Thank you for letting me yell and scream about Space Jam for yeah, it's, a while. It's, this was... I mean, we, we've done it before in real life, but not yes. as, <laughs> not as uh, constructed and constrained as this. Yes. That'll be it. And remember, even if everyone else mocks it, love the stuff you love.